When God places a child into your life, he calls you to loving leadership. You want to live joyfully and faithfully as a family. But how do you do this? Join us today as we talk about how to raise resilient, Christ-centered children in today's world. My guest is Dr. John Eckridge, author of Family Wellness, Raising Resilient, Christ-Purposed Children. Dr. Eckridge is a board-certified internist and serves the St. Louis community at large and especially church workers and their families. In 1999, he founded Grace Place Wellness Ministries. He's an author and speaker on wellness topics from a Christian perspective. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, John, for being our guest today. Thanks, Kay, for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, I enjoyed your book so much. Tell us why you wrote the book. Um, I since kind of retiring from the third profession in my life, I have been writing about wellness topics. And the last book prior to this that I had written was called Resilient Aging and Wellness. And as I was going around the country speaking to uh, generally older people about being uh, lively and resilient within their aging years, uh, people kept saying to me, gee, I wish I had a book uh, when I was younger or raising my family uh, in preparation for what I'm dealing with now. And so when CPH approached me about writing a book, I said, well, there's the perfect topic. Let's talk about family wellness starting in the, really in the uh, prenatal period and and going at least through the teenage years into college age. That's children. fantastic. And it, you have so much in there. It's uh, it's going to be uh, a God thing for us to, to get through even those most important aspects of what's in the book. So in section one, John, you discuss various styles of parenting and challenges we all face as we produce faithful, morally sound, and healthy kids in today's world. Um, let's talk briefly about various styles of parenting. Tell us about the authoritative parent. I, I think that this uh, dominated much of the first part of the last century, uh, probably before the Second World War, in which uh, there was uh, children were basically expected to be seen and not heard. Uh, they were not to really offer uh, opinions, particularly they uh, the parenting style was uh, sort of uh, uh, behavior and reward oriented, very law oriented, I think, for the most part. And um, uh, parents really expected their children in all ways to uh, very uh, complacently toe the line. Uh, and after the Second World War, I think that we saw a little bit, and I'm not totally sure why this occurred, but we saw a movement towards a more permissive parenting, and it was kind of uh, let your kids do all things without any strings. And we have seen the really sort of maybe the negative results of both of those uh, types of parenting if they're adhered to very rigidly. So we're living now in a, in a time of, obviously, of great change. And um, uh, we're living 
in a society that is really trying, I think, to um, deal with uh, the ideals that have always been a part of American life, uh, the hopes that have been part of American life. And so I think what we're seeing now is an attempt towards more what I would call democratic parenting, Mm -hmm. where everyone does have uh, certainly rights and respect and honor, but also responsibilities. And so there is a, there are borders and limitations uh, that uh, I think we as a society are struggling to deal with and define. But I think it is it probably is a reasonable way for us to approach parenting with the type of society that we're living in today. I love that. Yeah, democratic. It's not one that I hear a lot of them. But I hadn't heard that term, and I love it because you're saying parents as leaders. Parents as leaders, exactly. And somebody needs to be the leader in the home, but democratic just tells you what it's about, that it's not you do this or else. Yeah. That that first one that you talked about, that um, authoritative, do it my way or no way, and that usually doesn't go too far or go to be too. Well, I think we saw that in in the rebellion of the 60s and 70s within our society. And uh, on the other hand, I I think purely permissive parenting raises kids without boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're they're very fragile, anxious children in that setting. So hopefully we're raising uh, children who uh, are respectful of others and honoring of others, but uh, also can function in a society which has those same ideals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Well, one of the thing you, things you talk about in your book is character values of spirit-led health and wellness. Right. And um, I, th- I think there are five uh, character values, and I really love those, and I want to make sure we have time to, to go through them. So the first one is parenting loving, faith-filled children. How right. do we do that? It's really, uh, as in fact is true of all of these val- character values that I've described, it's really living that yourself <laughs> as oh. a parent, as a leader. Uh, because kids are such absorbable sponges, particularly of what they observe and what they see, even more so than what they hear oftentimes. And so um, I think we have sort of law and gospel Within that characteristic, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, kind of the law part of it. But then from from First John four, uh, we love because He first loved us. So those are the two aspects, the sort of the gospel message of uh, teaching our children and living love within our children. And I think that's what. Uh, what really leads them in being loving to others. So I just had a question, and I thought of this as I was coming over here today. Uh, a lot of times when I'm talking about love with people, parents, or couples that maybe are in conflict or parents that are in conflict with their kids, I bring up Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, yeah. for couples, for children, for youth. Um, and th- this idea, and you are you familiar with that? I would guess you are. I am. Yeah, that 
a lot of times two children are raised in the same family. One feels loved and the other doesn't. And when I, years ago, heard about the five love languages, I'm like, aha, they weren't speaking and they're a love language. They didn't feel loved. And I've interviewed Dr. Chapman several times on that. But I, I don't know if you've ever brought that into that, but I think that would be a, a good supplement for well, parents to understand those five love languages. It is early in the days of uh, Grace Place Ministry, uh, a couple that you may know well, Pastor and his wife, Dar and Jan Karsten, mm-hmm. used that book as a, a basis of much of what they were teaching on the Grace Place retreats and sharing. Mm. And I think it's uh, really invaluable. Yeah. Powerful. Just, I mean, children and spouses need to feel loved. Yeah. And that's important. And and the key of that is respect, too. Yeah. Is honoring and respecting each other. And that's kind of where it starts. Absolutely. Well, your second character value is parenting resilient, courageous, less anxious children. In today's world with the pandemic, not only children are sometimes very anxious, but adults as well. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, um, the, I think the, the basis for that resilience really, um, part of it comes from understanding forgiveness, uh, that um, we all are sinners, we all make mistakes, because of Christ, we all have another chance. Mm-hmm. We all have a, a new being that Christ gives us in his, in his death and resurrection. So we can try. We can, we can have the courage to make uh, decisions and choices that, that uh, uh, can be forgiven. Uh, and and uh, this, I think this allows us the ability to be courageous enough to, um, to try to st- strike out on our own and to be able to bounce back from decisions, understanding that all decisions, of course, have consequences. Yes. And it's an extraordinarily important to not remove those consequences from children as they're making decisions, but to let them experience them, but always to be there as their guide, as their leader, as their helper, as their support, as ones who love them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that brings about a lot of that. I want to, the other thing is I, I want to note for our listeners, I love your book because it's full of scripture. Yeah. Every section you bring in Bible verses I'm familiar with and just love that, you know, you bring in this law gospel, which is so important in the family that we don't just share law, do this, do this, do this, but also the gospel. We're forgiven because of Christ. I can forgive you yeah. because Jesus forgave me first. And of course, that's where the truth is. <laughs> Absolutely. And we live in a society where it's not always, it's difficult oftentimes to see where the truth is or people have mm-hmm. defi- have varying borders about truth. Yeah. And uh, uh, to have something that children understand is rock solid, the truth is extraordinarily important. Very much so, yeah. yeah. So your third one is parenting children with integrity. What do you mean by that? I, I, I just sort of touched on it a little bit, but it is to understand that there is one truth and it's in God's word. Uh, and so to raise children with morality, uh, with honesty, we live in such a society of blame game 
you know, constant is going on. You see it in the smallest children, in the smallest settings of blaming someone else for things that just don't go right. And so that becomes uh, really important to their integrity, their honesty. Mm-hmm. Good. I want to make a few announcements and then I'll come back and we'll continue talking about Good. these uh, in your book. Uh, Family Wellness, Raising Resilient Christ-Purposed Children. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on 50 stations throughout the United States, and we produce a weekly podcast available on Apple Podcasts and the Internet. Family Shield is giving away the booklets, Parenting with Purpose and Parenting Families, Practical Strategies for Family Life. If you'd like to receive these complimentary booklets, call our response center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Family Shield also recently produced a new booklet entitled Sharing Your Faith in Daily Life. If you want a complimentary copy, again, email us at that email address. You can also download a copy of the booklet on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. Your prayers and financial support are critical as we journey through the pandemic. We are a listener-supported ministry. Consider a gift to support Family Shield. You can send your gift to... Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123, or you can charge a gift on our website. You can access our weekly podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and the website. Now I want to go back to my guest, Dr. John Eckridge, author of Family Wellness, Raising Resilient, Christ-Purposed Children. We've been talking about his book, but I want to just mention that it's available through Concordia Publishing House, and their website is www.cph.org. When we do the podcast, we always connect his book to it, so it'll be easy for you to find. I think, John, you said it's also available on Amazon. Is that correct? Correct. Very good. Well, thank you so much. It's a great book. Now, before I made the announcements, we were talking about the five core character values, and your next one is parenting secure Christ-purposed children. What do you mean by that? Well, I, if you have paid attention, and all of us probably have, to the Internet and what's going on particularly with our teen and younger children is that they are obtaining this sort of false identity based on the Internet, on what they see there, how they're perceived, how they self-perceive themselves. And uh, uh, the goal of this character value is really uh, to make children securely understand their baptismal identity, baptized in Christ, won by Christ, purchased for a purpose. And uh, that is critical for them, I think, in their dealings and relationships as they get older and their understanding of self. Yeah. Yeah. Helping them know what it means, because the baptism for those of us that are Lutheran is uh, uh, part of that is the confirmation that they go through as young adults, right. where they re uh, they learn themselves what it means to be a Christian and uh, and go through educational classes. A lot of times, 
those that aren't Lutheran don't understand that. And then they yeah. have lots of questions about our, our faith and our beliefs related to baptism. That's, that is wonderful. We are a child of God. That's great. So um, the next one is compassion. How do we teach our children to be compassionate? I think as we try to guide them to look at life, at the challenges that they face, at the relationships that they're in, through the eyes of those that are around them, this understanding empathy, Mm -hmm. uh, what is the viewpoint of someone that I'm in relationship with or someone that I'm not in relationship with, and and then teaching them to be kind and loving uh, as they deal in those relationships. So it's teaching empathy. That's great. So one of the other things you do in the book, and I don't know that we'll have enough time to go through all of this, but you talk about five wellness behaviors. Right. Can you kind of quickly go through those? Because I think that's really important uh, for our listeners to know about this. Talk a little well, bit about are, each of them. These are five wellness uh, behaviors that really support the five character values. Okay. But they really come out of the medical scientific community and, and really the scriptures as well. And I go through that sort of examples in Christ's life. But they are movement, uh, not necessarily that we exercise, but that we are in a state of movement at all because God created the world to be in movement, even inanimate objects. The ions and quarks and sparks are, are in movement. So that's a part of being a part of God's creation. Uh, a plant slant that we know medically that a predominant plant-based diet is healthy. I think the scriptures really tell us not to be gluttonous. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, not that we have to follow strict dietary maneuvers, but to be moderate in, in how we eat. And we know that medically, we know that's best for our bodies. Uh, rest is the third one and critically important. Uh, God gives us the examples. Jesus gives us examples in his life of going away to be in rest for that renewal, re-energizing of not just our physical being, but our emotional, mental being and our spiritual being and the importance of meditation and prayer in that. Uh, Keeping your family and your faith first within your life as choices come up. We make all these choices to remember the importance of being centered within our families and within our faith. And then the final is missional living. It's living outward rather than inward, living for others, uh, having our energy extending outward in missional living as opposed to being focused within ourselves. That's great. That's great. I just had a couple Bible verses here as we uh, we'll have time for a few more questions. But one of my favorite verses, and I know you had it in there as well, is Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 8. And these words, words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And I always tell people, God meant and daughters. That's right. <laughs> and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and write them on the doorpost of your house. I just, you know, it's not sit down, do this. It's talk about the Lord as you drive in your car, as you walk in the park. You know, point out 
what God has made in his creation with your children. You know, we like to do the A through Z walk, find something that starts with an A, and the kids love to find an ant or a bee, a bug. <laughs> but uh, the fun things that you, that you can do with that. Any thoughts or comments about well, the, that verse? The, oh, yeah, I love the verse. The image is not just lecturing no. the child. The image is binding your hands and your heart. Uh, I've spent time in Israel at the Wailing Wall and uh, observed the uh, Jewish people actually binding themselves, you know, in these binds around their forehead and their arms. But it, it is a visible example, and I think children learn so profoundly from our, our, their parents' behaviors, the way that they treat other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Far modeling. more than the word. Right. Modeling. Yeah, modeling. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes, so yes, I think yes. that that verse just uh, shouts that. Yeah, yeah. It, throughout the book, you talk about the importance of mealtime. Um, just give us a few of the many suggestions you had and why mealtime is important. Well, uh, in today's society, particularly as families are in a little bit older, it seems like we're falling away from this idea of a, of a common, sharing a common time of food, but conversation and emotional and mental well-being and spiritual well-being. So I think that, um, the one time of day that maybe we can get everybody together, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, is is critically important for the family conversation, for the family fellowship and learning from each other, parents learning from the children as well. Uh, and I think uh, I asked a, a friend of mine, Bill Diekelman, who you might know. know, Pastor Diekelman, I said, you know, Bill, why were we so... Uh, why did our generation seemingly come out pretty good, not perfect, far from perfect, but pretty good? He said, well, at our house, we ate 21 meals together. That's right. <laughs> we don't do that, of course, in our society very much anymore. But I think there's huge value oh, very into the so. sharing that occurs around the dinner table. Absolutely. Very much so. I had brought a couple things. I'm not going to um, do anything but mention it, but one is a, a little uh, prayer cube that we have available yeah. on our website. Download it, directions to use with little children at the dinner table. Uh, so you have different prayers, and each side of the cube has a different prayer written on it. And many of them are little children's prayers, but there is one that says make up a prayer. And the child throws the the cube on the table, and then whatever prayer is pointing up toward heaven, that's what the whole family says together. And uh, it's just a cute little activity that families can do to encourage prayer at all meals. And I think letting children pray out loud Mm. verbally uh, obviously, starting with little simple phrases as they're very young, but letting them expand and lead that prayer um, is, is beautifully important, important for their lives. Yeah, yeah. I know my daughter one time at, I think it was a holiday, I don't remember which holiday, Seth, who is now, I think, 19, was about five, and she asked in the big expanded family, Seth, would you like to say a prayer in this child because they share the time for everybody to pray? Did a wonderful job. Now, my youngest grandson, he likes to say the prayers so he can be 
fast <laughs> and get it done quickly. We all have different styles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we love that because he's like, can I pray? Can I pray? And and it's very brief, but it's to choose Jesus and to bless the food. So, Well, you just came back, and I'm not sure how much time we have left, but I know we have enough time, uh, from uh, being with your granddaughter when she had an operation. Yeah. And uh, the last part of your book talks about the importance of being a grandparent. But tell us first about what that was. So this is my uh, 18-month-old granddaughter, Lennon Margaret Dodge. And uh, Lennon was found uh, in vitro to actually have an aberrant blood vessel wrapped around her esophagus and her her breathing tube, which in later life would certainly cause problems with breathing and eating. And so uh, she's been followed at the Children's Hospital in Colorado. And uh, last Thursday, underwent a pretty major operation to uh, open up the chest and to get at those blood vessels. Fabulous nursing staff, incredible physician. And within 24 hours of this huge operation, she was actually up carrying her little chest tube and her IVs around and greeting all the other children in the ICU. Oh, so sweet. she's a, a strong little girl, and I just felt my wife and I just felt so privileged to be able to be with her. Wonderful. We have two minutes left. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about the importance of grandparents well, in parents' life? Because it is critically important. It, it is. And that's the first point, that grandparents are important. That grandparents have a vital purpose within the family. And uh, uh, the grandparent should never forget that level of importance. I think, secondly, that the grandparent needs to understand that they're the helper. They're not the primary agent of leadership in this child's life. So to defer uh, kindly to your children and let them raise their grandchildren and, again, do that in a loving and supportive way as much as you can. Um, I think it's important for grandparents to let the parents know their own children, their parent, the parents know what they can do and what they can't do uh, due to physical limitations, financial limitations, uh, place limitations. So that's really important. And then I think the other thing is, is not to disagree with the parents in front of the child. You oh, know? That's important, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Keep, keep a uh, solid front there. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That is great. Uh, We love being grandparents to our three grandchildren, and we're getting ready to go visit them. So we're looking forward to that. It is a blessing. Our time is just about up. I want to just, again, introduce my guest, Dr. John Eckrich, his book, Family Wellness, Raising Resilient Christ-Purposed Children. It's available through CPH, and we also offered a couple booklets. You're welcome to either call us or email us and let us know you'd like us to to send those to you. There's no cost for those booklets. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.